1: middle, Jackson for his tight end, brought in by Mark Andrews, who escapes and goes all the way for the touchdown! Intercepted, picked up by Thomas, Earl Thomas with a foot race, Brown won't get him, that will be six! A little options Jackson Gates. Jackson breaks tackle,
2: he's right to the pylon, and it's a touchdown!
0: Hello and welcome to... Another edition of Pod Like a Raven. Enough of the, you know, how many steaks is Bradley Bozeman eating? Enough of who was our favorite player? What was our favorite game? We're talking about the NFL draft this week and next week. I'm Antonio Barbera, joined by Jace Evans and Tim Horsey. It's week one of the draft for us.
1: Tim in DC, still remote. How do you feel? I am so excited. We've talked about this. Used to be a massive draft head. Life got in the way, i.e. becoming an adult and not having classes to waste time in. But I have been diving back. I've still been doing my work for any of my bosses that might be listening. But then on my free time, I have been diving back in podcasts, mock drafts, scouting reports, all that fun stuff. Not to say I'm an expert at any level, but I'm very, very excited to do what we're about to do over these next two episodes.
0: I did some research for this, which is more than I've ever done for any NFL draft, I think, ever. So you're welcome, listener. Uh, and I'm going to try to try to keep up with my two co-hosts here. And speaking of, the other co-host on the West Coast, Jace T. Evans. Jace, how are
2: you? Doing great, Antonio. Uh, I am, uh, like Tim has said, uh, always a fan of the draft. I've, I think a little more into it. Now than ever, because in the absence of live sports, this is the event we have on the horizon for the next two weeks to kind of look forward to. Um, It'll take three days of NFL draft. Love it. Drag it out. Make it a week long draft. It's all great. I love the draft. I, you know, anything beyond the first round becomes a crapshoot. But I'm excited to talk that first round today. And I remember sitting on Tim's porch years ago doing mocks. We're going to be doing a very similar thing here today, so I'm very excited
0: for it.
1: We We have a very (laughs) exciting college life, by the way, you can tell. Sitting on the porch doing mocks is is kind of how we spend our time sometimes. Sitting on the
0: porch, not often a phrase you associate with college. That's more the, like, 55 to 65 (laughs) demographic, but uh, we're going to touch a little bit, a few minutes, news and notes uh, in the NFL. We're going to move off of that as quickly as we can and... We will never forget about a random Raven, so we will still issue a random Raven this week. Uh, And then on this episode, the three of us are going to mock the first 16 picks of the first round. Uh, We're going to do it sort of simultaneously, so if Tim picks somebody at four, I cannot take them at five, uh, and so on down the list. And then next week, we will knock out picks 17 through 32. And issue another random Raven, because we never forget that. The only thing, I guess, that got sort of uh, squeezed out here is what's bothering Jace, but maybe one of these draft picks will bother <laughs> Jace at some point in the episode. So let's go quickly first to the news and notes. Um, just the I, I almost want to just hand this over to Tim, but uh, <laughs> a little change in the broadcast team over at CBS. Uh, I don't know if I should say RIP or if I should say... Uh, You know, long live, or if I should say, see you later. Uh, Tim, I'll let you take it, because you did not like this gentleman, and he's no longer going to be calling Ravens games. Who is it?
1: I didn't want to start this with Ding Dong the Witch is Dead, but it kind of feels appropriate. I'm really, like, when this news came down, I I didn't want to celebrate it. I had a couple people tweeting me, like, look how great this is. You never want to celebrate a man losing his job. But boy howdy, I am excited that Dan Fouts is no longer calling Baltimore Ravens football games. The guy who still thought Lamar Jackson was a running back, half the time I didn't, couldn't even tell if he was watching the same game that was going on in front of him, weighing down the fant- fantastic, excuse me, Iron Eagle. Um, yeah, the news, Dan Fouts out, Charles Davis in. I uh, haven't heard a lot of Charles Davis, but I know that just based on Dan Fouts, he's a significant improvement. So I'm excited for that. Uh, Ian Eagle gets a competent broadcaster next to him, a guy who, in all seriousness, was, you know, even back before, a couple years ago, when, like I said before, when we were really in on this, this mock draft stuff, one of those guys who's the breaking down the tape type of guy, um, somebody that... I like a guy in, the, in that color position that you always learn something from. You know, excitement obviously is, is a big thing, and, and energy and pacing and all of that stuff matters. But for me, I really want to learn something from that guy when I'm, when I'm watching a game. And if it, even if it's one little nugget about a player's life or whatever it is or how they're breaking down the cover, to whatever. Any of that nerdy stuff, I'm all in for. Dan Fouts did not bring that. Dan Fouts brought out the worst in football commentary and uh again never gonna applaud a man losing his job but I will just say I am very happy that he is no longer in the booth for CBS and he will hopefully be as far away from Ravens games as physically possible
2: I, I think I obviously I don't think I hated Dan Fouts to the degree uh perhaps Tim you did but I mean, not just getting rid of him, but replacing him with Charles Davis. Charles Davis and Kevin Burkhart were the number two Fox crew, and they were awesome. I'm very excited. And like you mentioned, the Ravens are a good team, which figures uh, that they will probably have prominent roles uh, or a lot of games with the top two CBS crews. And now that is Jim Nance and Tony Romo and... Ian Eagle and Charles Davis. I'm very excited. we will likely have one of those guys on the call. Like you said, Um, it's just real. I love Charles Davis as a color analyst. I think he's really good at his job. Um, And so, yeah, I was elated by this news (laughs) because to be quite honest, because it will improve the quality of many Ravens broadcasts because, How many times the Ravens had Fouts on the call? It seemed like five or six times last year. Like they got the number two CBS crew a lot Um, and maybe they'll get the one more with the, you know, the Patriots kind of in a transition. But yeah, it's great news for the Ravens and for fans who are particular about broadcasters, I think.
1: For fans who enjoy listening to a football (laughs) broadcast, a, a competent football broadcast. Yes, this is this is fantastic news.
0: The credit I'll give to Dan Fouts is uh, I think he had a good voice for the role. He did it for a long time, um, but I think as the game changed, he either didn't wasn't able to change with it or didn't want to change with it, uh, and just sort of seemed stuck in certain expectations of players or how the game. Should, he seemed like the guy that still thought we should you know run it on first down and second down. Uh, and then try to get a third and four third and three out of it and go from there like that was sort of his sort of era of the NFL and that's sort of how he stuck in as an announcer so I'm good to see some uh, a fresh face uh, on, on the CBS uh, team with Ian Eagle because the Ravens will undoubtedly get that team uh, for a few weeks I'm also dying to see how many primetime games the Ravens end up getting next season so maybe we won't have uh, <laughs> Ian Eagle as, as often as we think we we will or we would normally but Dan Fouts, no longer uh, going to be just saying things that, frankly, all three of us could say about the Ravens <laughs> while watching a game live.
1: Or things that are just inherently
0: wrong. <laughs> or just things that are wrong. Tim, <laughs> that doesn't eliminate the three of us from, uh, nah, nah, <laughs> from okay. that episode. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, and then just one other quick note we want to talk about. Um, somebody got a contract. Real, real big one. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I don't know if we should thank Le'Veon Bell for, for fighting the good fight that not all wide uh, running backs should be paid like running backs. Some should be paid like playmakers, I guess, because that
1: happened to Christian McCaffrey, Tim. Yeah, four years. This came in on Monday. Four years, $16 million a year, which, if you can do the good math, I needed a calculator. Total $64 million for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, been in the league three years already. Le'Veon Bell, as you mentioned, is the, uh, the bell cow to get this new revolution of paying running backs again, or the elite ones, quote-unquote. He now sits third in the highest-paid running backs, with Ezekiel Elliott sitting second. Uh, Christian McCaffrey now the highest-paid running back in NFL history, thanks to this news. Um, a couple quick notes on him. This front comes from Field Yates, reporter uh, for, uh, on the league, obviously. Through his first three seasons here, Christian McCaffrey... 2,920 rushing yards, fifth most in the NFL, two 1,000-yard rushing seasons, 303 catches, second most ever by any player in their first three seasons, wide receivers and tight ends included, uh, one of three players ever with a 1,000 yards rushing and receiving, uh, or excuse me, one of three players ever with a 1,000-yard rushing and receiving yard season, having totaling both of those in the same year, um, and a two-time All-Pro. Uh, also, two thousand five hundred and twenty three receiving yards, most ever by a running back already, and he's entering his fourth year in the league. <laughs> I mean the guy is an absolute superstar, um the face of the Carolina Panthers now with Cam Newton gone and i don't know i think you you kind of mentioned it there, Antonio, and Jace, I can throw it to you i don't think this is you you should grade this as a why are they paying this running back this amount of money? Why are they paying 75% of their offense this amount of money, I think, is is more of the point here.
2: So we have this debate every time a running back gets paid. Uh, It it happened when Zeke Elliott uh, got paid. But like you mentioned, Chris McCaffrey, a little more dynamic. Um, He basically does it all for them. It's a lot of money. Um, And in a cap league, we're increasingly, I think, forced to reckon with Uh, the idea that really no one other than QBs is like who you should pay. That seems to be a thing that keeps coming up outside of the real elite left tackle, you know, uh, defensive end, that kind of position. Um, I will push back a little bit on just the we shouldn't pay running backs thing and the devaluing of running backs. I think running backs still have a margin. Like there's value in what Christian McCaffrey does. And every time one of these guys gets paid, uh everyone's just like ah shouldn't have paid him i'm like well what are you gonna do draft him like fifth overall like they did or seventh i believe and just let him walk after four or five years i don't i know there's like value in finding a new running back but like if you draft a running back that high you probably shouldn't like then immediately let him walk when he's been this productive so it's just a wrestling match and but i still think a guy like like you want Christian McCaffrey on your team and your team's not that good anyway. So if that was the price to keep him, fine.
0: (laughs) The, I mean, you guys have sort of said both sides of this argument. I think the only thing I'll add is with all those stats that McCaffrey has gotten rushing, receiving, those are all touches that he's gotten. Uh, and for a running back who has may have the highest usage rate in the NFL, basically of any like player outside of a quarterback. Um, He's now, I assume, 24, 25 years old if he's been in the league three seasons. So this contract will be paying him $16 million as a 28, 29-year-old running back who already has like eight seasons worth of of touches. So that's the only thing about this that may end up uh, biting them. But it's the NFL, so I feel like a lot of those teams can get out of these deals uh, before the the contract expires and and save a little bit of, of cash there.
1: Yeah, so a couple more things here. Uh, The deal includes a fifth-year option, so uh, including the two years left on McCaffrey's rookie deal and the option, the deal is expected to pay out around $75 million over six years. Uh, He will not be 24 until June, so on the younger side of guys entering the league. Um, And the other thing, too, too I would point out, I mean, the guy comes from an incredibly athletic family. Obviously, Ed McCaffrey, uh, his father, was a receiver for years Mm -hmm. in the league. So probably built for it, although I completely agree with you, Antonio, running backs because of the wear and tear fade faster than most. The only thing I will say is you have a new regime coming in there. Matt Rule, who was supposed to be, you know, we all thought Chip Kelly was going to revolutionize the NFL and look what happened. Now Matt Rule is that guy. Um, he has is, he is revitalized two different programs in college in Temple and Baylor. He brings Joe Brady from uh, LSU as his offensive coordinator. They're supposed to light up the league or, you know, be very, very good on offense. You need a cornerstone piece when you have so much turnover going on. No new quarterback, new coach, new offense coordinator. Lock in the best running back in the NFL, in my opinion. And and like Jay said, if that's what you have to pay him, that's what you have to pay him. Um, again, we don't have it right in front of us, but I think you make a great point there, too Antonio. They could probably get out of this a little earlier than needed. I don't think all of this is guaranteed.
2: It- for me, with running backs, it's just a thing that it seems like you li- like no one can win with the running backs. It's like if they let McCaffrey go, like you'd have a bunch of people on TV saying, like, how do you let a guy like Christian McCaffrey go? Look how productive he is. <laughs> and then like you resign him and everyone goes, oh, bad value. And you can't make most of, you know, analytics, Twitter or NFL Twitter happy with moves. So, you know, the fans like him if he's good. <laughs> Keep them around. NFL cap goes up every year. Like, uh, like it's been mentioned, it's not exactly hard to get out of deals in the NFL compared to other leagues with the uh, the lack of fully guaranteed contracts. So I'm mostly fine with it. <laughs> I get the there's potential drawbacks, but I
0: think it's fine. <laughs> uh, and that's about it for NFL <laughs> news and notes this week. I did a quick scan of ESPN real quick just to see something. Tim
1: one more thing i'm sorry i have some breaking well not really breaking news because you've seen it already lamar got a new tattoo <laughs> and it features ravens purple wings i don't I, i'm i'm assuming they stand for the ravens big purple wings on his cre- uh, chest and on the bottom it says trust so <laughs> i'm all for it just you, you just look on twitter or instagram it's, it's everywhere a massive um, tattoo <laughs> it's a massive tattoo lamar jackson has a new tat and a. Uh, I think, and I'd have to confirm this, I don't think it's done yet. I think it was in the process of finishing up before quarantine. And then obviously everybody is, uh, he doesn't want to be stuck with needles in this time that a disease is spreading, which good on you, Lamar. Good head on them, them shoulders there. But uh, yeah, Lamar's got a new tattoo. It looks sweet and a uh, big trust.
0: <laughs> so as I said earlier, that's all really that there is in terms of news and notes from the NFL. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, I agree with you, Tim. Purple Wings Lamar's with us for the next twenty years, uh, and that's and that's what that means. There. Um, all right, so let's quickly. I'm gonna. It's my turn this week for the random Raven. So I'll I'll uh, give these clues off, and then we'll uh, head into our mock draft. But for these clues, uh, gentlemen, I am not gonna tell you this player's position. I'm not gonna tell you this player's number. No. Uh It's NFL draft week. I think we've gotten a little soft with our picks the last few weeks where we've all known who the player was with, uh, I would say, relative ease. So I think you should still be able to get this guy, um, but no position being given here. So uh, this random Raven played in the NFL for 16 seasons, but only one season for the Ravens in 2001, the year post-Super Bowl. He played six games for the Ravens in 2001. And started only two, but was a pivotal starter, accounting for four touchdowns, and they won both games while on the hunt to get back to the postseason to defend their Super Bowl. Over his NFL career, he was a four-time Pro Bowler and a one-time All-Pro. He's most well-known for his years with the Philadelphia Eagles and then the Minnesota Vikings, and just as a side note, that Ravens team finished 10 and 6 and lost in the second round of the playoffs to the hated Pittsburgh Steelers. And that is the random Raven for this week. I dug just real deep the one year Raven, but a fascinating player. Yeah, I think who, I know who it is. And if it is
2: who I think it is, minimal recollection. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we'll and that's what we're looking for, Jason. Random
0: Ravens. So we will answer. I, well, I guess I'll give the answer to that uh, at the end of this episode. Tim shaking his head. I, I was going to do somebody even more obscure, and then I thought that sort of would have been pointless. So I think you, Tim, you may get it by the end of the episode. Just thinking of teams and players and names, but. One of the more random guys to have had a whole just successful NFL career and then that one season where he started two games (laughs) with the Baltimore Ravens. All right, so that's going to do it. Let's get to this mock draft. A quick reminder that the actual NFL GMs, not just the three of us as future NFL (laughs) GMs, are all just going to be at home this year. The NFL draft, because of the concerns over coronavirus, not only is it not live in front of an audience, that's pretty obvious, but they also are not uh, sort of hosting an event where the commissioner would be with the players maybe in a limited basis. No. All the teams, all the GMs, all the draft rooms are going to be out of their own private houses, uh, and with that, I certainly expect there to be all sorts of technological disasters. Uh, I don't know if any of you watched or heard of the NBA horse game oh. that they tried to play i watched. not That's only did i watch it i wrote something
2: off of it for my employer so i was it was a lot, those hashtag low video quality
0: <laughs> right for the for the listener who who didn't notice this the nba they tried to have some sort of sporting event so they had players at their homes recording themselves playing horse and it was not good the lag poor quality the show nobody even really watched the end of it I have a hunch that the NFL draft is going to have some sort of issue technologically, and I have that uh, as uh, part of my pick uh, that we will get to. The other thing we want to include is that we're drafting players who we think the GMs will draft. We're acting as what we think the GMs will do as opposed to our own opinion of what they should do. Uh, We may have some, some caveats to that and some notes, but generally speaking, what do we think that this team and their GM will do? Uh, And we're going to go through the first 16 picks. Uh, So I suppose... I actually don't remember who's first, but whoever that is, Jace, you and the Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. The Cincinnati Bengals
2: are on the clock, and they are selecting with the first pick of the 2020 NFL Virtual Draft, Joe Burrow, quarterback, LSU. Um, There's several reasons why this pick. I think... I do not necessarily think he is the best player on the board. I think the best player will probably go number two to the Washington Redskins. We shall see. But um, Chase Young, uh, the Ohio State defensive end, real stud. But I think with Cincinnati, you've hit a point in your franchise. You just need... Excitement of any type I'm pretty sure their attendance capacity Dipped below 70% last year Which is really bad for the NFL um, In terms of attendance Um, It's not that Andy Dalton was even that bad But you just need excitement And you bring in the Ohio kid Joe Burrow from Ohio Heisman Trophy winner Record setting season at LSU Most touchdowns ever thrown in a year you kind of need to, you know, Dalton's in his 30s now. You need to start fresh anyway at QB, either this year or next. Burrow seems pretty safe, pretty good. Good at throwing on the run, making plays. Uh, and I think he's just a pretty safe number one pick. And most mocks have had him going on number one for a while now.
1: Yeah, I, the only thing I would say, one one thing, two more things to note that Antonio didn't mention. One, one. Even though we don't like a lot of these teams at the top, especially uh, the first two picks, we are not going to try and actively ruin their drafts. Uh, Kind of an emphasis on we are going to do what we think their GMs would do. And two, we're not going to mock any trades. Um, One of the big things coming out of the combine was the Dolphins are all in on Joe Burrow and might do anything possible to try and trade up to swap picks one and five to get up there and select Burrow over a potential other quarterback. Um, But you know, I think I think if you're the Bengals, the Bengals play a lot everything close to the vest. But if you're the Bengals, you go with this guy. And frankly, as a Ravens fan, I'm I'm disappointed because it seems like they've got a guy, a, a winner who has some cojones on him too. <laughs> Not afraid to speak his mind, brazen uh, in the best way possible for a quarterback. Um, you know, adding another guy to that division. You know, Ben is still good if come, if he's good off the injury. Lamar Jackson, the MVP, Joe Burrow, and then the other guy. Um, so you know, a pretty strong quartet of quarterbacks there in the AFC North. The Miami Dolphins with three first-round picks
0: this year. So I am slightly intrigued at how many of those picks would they throw at Cincinnati to push them off of that number one spot when they themselves have the same position that they want to draft. We'll move on, however, to the number two, Jay a uh, great selection. Thank you very much for your first round pick. It's into the commissioner uh, for the second pick, Tim, the district of Columbia, Washington Redskins are on the clock.
1: Yeah. Um, if Daniel Snyder can figure out how to use zoom, they will select <laughs> chase young, the best player on the board from Ohio state defensive end, everything you hear about the guy, um, The words gold jacket prospect have been thrown around, Uh, you know, at worst going to be a multiple time pro bowler, a monster on the edge. Uh, Chase, you've watched him more than I being the college football man just seems like a a machine. On the defensive line,
2: you know, and they've had the Boses come through there, but he even kind of eclipsed them in terms of his production and just like destroying good teams like. I think even against, like, Penn State late in the year, he only had, like, one sack, but he just, like, blew up every play. And his sack totals, he had 16 sacks, and he was uh, had a minor NCAA violation. He missed two games, and those two games were against Maryland and Rutgers, so you could probably safely add at least four sacks. He would have been sniffing the single-season uh, sack record um, if he got to play in those two games. So, um, yeah, I think... Uh, It's not even a position the Redskins absolutely need, but I think he's just so transcendent, you probably just have to take him.
1: Yeah, that's the point, too. I mean, 6'5", 264 pounds on that defensive line. This is the Ravens mantra. And comparing the Ravens and Redskins is hilarious, but (laughs) you draft the best available player even though you don't necessarily need him. There's arguments that Ron Rivera, if you don't need the position, excuse me, Ron Rivera, new face of the franchise, saying all the right things about Dwayne Haskins, but might want uh, a new guy, a new face to start his franchise, or to start his run in Washington with. But I think you go chase young. um, And especially a theme we'll have here too. Uh, You don't, you don't get to go to the pro days for these guys. You don't have extensive meetings with guys that maybe you didn't talk to as much with the combine. So you let the tape do the talking. Eric DaCosta said it earlier uh, and, Chase Young has the best tape of any college football player uh, at the moment. So or coming into this class, I should say. So he is the number two. selection.
2: and another minor thing, not a huge deal, but another local kid, the hometown kid grew up in like basically Hydesville, went to DeMatha, um, never even considered the University of Maryland like all good prospects in the state. Um, (laughs) But yeah, grew up, I believe, grew up a Redskins fan. So, um, you know. That never hurts uh, to get a guy who has familiarity uh,
0: with the team a little bit. So, yeah, I think that's a great pick. All right, I'm picking third on behalf of the Detroit Lions. I'm not going to have sort of long stories for all my picks, but I do have a story for you with the third pick. I'm going to paint a picture. Uh, And if you guys don't like it, tough, because it's only going to be a minute every time. It's April 23rd evening. It's raining in Detroit which is actually predicted in the monthly forecast. As of now, it should be raining that evening. And the Lions ownership staff has quietly offered the idea to Matt Patricia and GM Bob Quinn the idea of drafting a quarterback at three overall. Stafford has this gigantic contract, by the way, hasn't made the playoffs since 2016, hasn't won a playoff game in his career. And ownership is considering drafting the heir apparent, similar to the Joe Flacco situation in Baltimore. Matt Patricia, meanwhile, has also received passive-aggressive emails from Bill Belichick about a potential trade with the Lions to the number three spot, leaving Patricia intrigued but terrified of the Patriots' plans. However, as the draft begins, the rain and the wind picks up, which of course the staff hadn't prepared for, and with the Lions on the clock, the home internet connection of the Lions draft room starts dropping in and out, causing panic throughout the ranks. With little time to decide and the clock ticking, they settle at the last second on the safe pick, and that's cornerback Jeff Okuda (laughs) out of Ohio State to fill the void left by departing cornerback Darius Slay and Quandre Diggs, who was traded in mid-2019 to the Seahawks. Detroit, happy to draft the best defensive back in the draft and postpones their decision to draft the Matt Stafford replacement to next year, when they'll likely be back in the top (laughs) ten. That
2: was so vivid, and yet I think, like, what will happen?
1: (laughs) Bravo, bravo. You you had me going there for a second. The Lions' a great
2: pick, an underrated pick. Not the first one I immediately thought of to have the internet troubles, but very good chance. And, uh, yeah, Okuda's great. I do love that the Lions have the thing where they're like, we traded a good, very good corner And also let another one walk in free agency So now our number one needs a cornerback You're like, well <laughs> um, But Akuna is very good He's really, really good He was the best defensive back of the country So if you need a cornerback You could do a lot worse at number three So I think it's a great pick
1: <laughs> Yeah, the only thing I'll add there Before we move on to number four Is that I, I see people getting upset about the all Well, you had the guy Why are you, you're just going to let him go and draft the replacement. Yes, you are, because he's younger and he's way, way cheaper. And Darius Slay, frankly, didn't want to be there. He, he made it very, pretty much like, uh, oh, geez, the pass rusher in Jacksonville. It's saying now, all over Twitter, basically saying, I'm not going to play for this team. You need to trade me. <laughs> Slay was kind of making noise like that as well before he got his move. Uh, so take the, get the unhappy guy out, get some value for him, and bring in, uh, frankly, by all accounts, a stud on in the defensive secondary seems like a win-win for for the Detroit Lions
0: Okuda with 35 tackles three interceptions and nine pass breakups last year so he falls in at three and now the number four pick Jace for the New York Giants so the New York Giants need a lot of things (laughs) Um, as a
2: franchise I am selecting for them uh Mecky Becton offensive tackle out of Louisville this guy is huge Six foot seven, three. He's listed six foot seven, 369 pounds. Big boy. Uh, he can move real well for his size. Uh, he's pretty impressive. He's pretty uh, agile at that height and weight. Um, and it kind of just boils down to you know, you draft Saquon Barkley, second overall. You draft Daniel Jones, sixth overall. Now you need a guy to protect them. Uh, there's no, I think, consensus um, number one uh, kind of tackle prospect in this draft it's kind of changes depending on the mock you use um some of the numbers I was looking at Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 he had Becton um as his top tackle um so I just went with Becton I think he's just got the classic thing D- definitely a very Dave Gettleman pick the biggest guy the strong uh, one of the strongest guys uh and I think he'll fall in love with someone who's seven, nearly 370 so can do a lot uh at that height and they need to just help that line. J- Daniel Jones committed way too many fumbles and stuff. And if his pocket awareness isn't improved, then you just need to keep people off him. So.
1: <laughs> spoiler alert, and the only thing I really have to add here, this is one of the first Isaiah Simmons falls to the Ravens hurdles. Huh? So who knows? <laughs> you have to keep listening to find out.
0: So just to recap the first few picks here, Joe Burrow won. Chase Young, two, Jeff Okuda, three, and Mechie Beckton four. And that puts a pick that I think is going to be sort of pivotal to how the rest of the next five to ten picks go. This is Tim Horsey with the Miami Dolphins on the clock at five. Tim, you've, uh, you've foreshadowed some things are going to happen with five.
1: I might be buying into this we're going to float a rumor to throw teams off thing. But for the sake of this, and we're just having fun here, we, well, we want to we be as correct as possible, but we are having some fun. I'm going to give in to these rumors that are being floated. Again, as I mentioned before, the Miami Dolphins, three first-round picks, plenty of draft capital to either be a mover or a shaker or add three dynamic players in what is considered a pretty deep draft across a number of positions. You have to rely on the tape. And because you haven't had combine or you had the combine workouts, excuse me, because you haven't had pro days, individual workouts, things like that. Maybe you're relying on the tape more than usual. The tape would show you that Tua, and I'm not even going to attempt his last name (laughs) is a fantastic quarterback and might even when healthy might even be better than burrow by some accounts, but when healthy is a big, big factor here and the reports are that Miami, because they haven't been able to evaluate it themselves, something that we heard with the Cam Newton thing uh, when, when with his injury and what part of the reason he was let go in Carolina, I think that might scare them off. And I think they go with the guy who the rumors are that they are increasingly falling in love with four-year <laughs> player, uh, academic All-American, Justin Herbert, out of Oregon. And so... Just to shake things up a bit, and because I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bite it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bite the rumor. Justin Herbert out of Oregon is the fifth selection uh, with the for the for the Miami Dolphins. Excuse me. Jace is distracting me because he's fist pumping. Why are you so happy about that pick?
2: Uh, just to spice it up because I think uh, to, for so long, Tua's has just been penciled. Pretty much since he got hurt, and the draft uh, order kind of solidified. It, he's been penciled into this spot. Um, and, you know, like you said, the rumors have emerged of late, which happens, uh, you're yeah. like, hmm, all these rumors that he's not the guy there have emerged in the last two weeks. But y- y- like you said, uh, because of the coronavirus uh, pandemic here, they um, he was going to throw at Alabama's pro day to show that his hip um, that he dislocated in the fall was healed, and he wasn't able to do that um so like you said we are just relying on kind of his word and doctor's clearances uh that he's okay um i still think it would make a level of sense because ryan fitzpatrick fitzmagic still here but herbert raw in some areas i think it's probably good for him to maybe spend a little time behind the professor the other uh he went to harvard uh after all, uh, if you haven't heard, um, spent a little time behind uh, Fitzmagic uh, in Miami for a year, maybe. So I like the pick. Uh, Herbert's definitely talented. Huge arm. Um, accuracy issues at times, <laughs> but is super athletic. And like you said, just with the questions surrounding Tua, kind of, I think, makes him a little, not more of a slam dunk, but definitely a safer pick in Herbert than rolling the
0: dice more with Tua. So this is fabulous, Tim, because I'm picking for the Los Angeles Chargers at six, uh, where really their biggest need is quarterback, Um, you know, by by Philip Rivers. Uh, Hello, rookie. Um, I think L.A. needs a quarterback to help their team. And I think they desire a quarterback to move the franchise in terms of the new identity of this Los Angeles based team that just missed out on, on getting Tom Brady for a few years. My whole argument with this pick was going to be that if uh, Tua, with Burrow being gone, and if Tua was already picked, did the Chargers want to sit there and just take the third option uh, out of these three quarterbacks, or would they try to get ahead of Miami somehow? Would they go back at that point and and take a different player just because of not wanting to settle on whoever was sort of left of those three? But Tua didn't go five, so I'm the Chargers, and I'm jumping up and down. Uh, I'm taking... Tua Tagovailoa, the quarterback out of Alabama. He was a superstar quarterback in the best conference in college football with the best defenses in college football. And he was a stud for multiple seasons. I The hip is, an, is a problem. Uh, his general size is a problem but sort of by itself, whether he can be durable But I said that about Kyler Murray, too, and and he handled year one really well as sort of a slightly undersized mobile quarterback. Um, The the Chargers are taking Tua and and we're very excited about the future of our franchise.
1: Yeah, they said that. I mean, they said that about Lamar Jackson, too, and then he just won (laughs) the MVP. So, you know, I think the the NFL is changing a little bit. Look, again, I know I grabbed onto the rumor. I want to emphasize again, I think Tua... Is the better quarterback? I think he was the guy you take. Um, by all accounts, if he's healthy, he's going to be an animal, and he he can sit in year one. Uh, Anthony Lynn, big fan of Tyrod Taylor, reportedly uh, with San Diego, and then or jeez, L.A. <laughs> just I'm just going to call him the San Diego Charger. Screw that. And then uh, and then, like you said, the professor in Miami, wherever he goes, most likely one of those two places. He could sit um, and completely heal if the team is not that confident in him. I have a conspiracy theory, and, again, don't think this is going to happen, but we're just having fun here, so why not? What if the Chargers, whoever it is, maybe Tua does go to the Dolphins and they don't like Herbert at six, or this happens and maybe they are scared of Tua as well. They draft somebody different and maybe tank this year and then get the boy who would fit in California so, so well, and that's the long-haired Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson who you imagine, they will never say this in an NFL locker room, but somebody... When they're like two and six in week Eight are just going to say you know what throw the backups In because we want this kid uh, Running our franchise for the next 12 years not Not something we have to dive into but I think there's a Nice little conspiracy theory (laughs) if after the Draft we get there and the Chargers haven't taken A quarterback we might be able to point to Hey uh the next year that's where they're going (laughs) Yeah the uh the uh,
2: 2021 Draft tank race That'll happen this fall Uh will be something else (laughs) Um (laughs) Very excited for that um so this one is not exclusively something that lines up with necessarily team need but I think he's too talented to have lasted this far. The Panthers with the number 7th pick uh are taking Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson. Um he can do it all. He linebacker, safety. Uh he kind of lined up everywhere defensive end. He kind of wherever Clemson needed him to play. They put him kind of an adelius thomas like player, I guess you could say put Raven's parlance, but can really do it all, and they moved him around and super athletic and just super versatile um, went to Clemson kind of nearby to the Panthers, and they just need talent, especially Luke keekley uh retiring in the middle there uh this off season you just need faces um for kind of a a rebuilding team a bit and uh I had an eye eye on another guy, but I think Simmons is just too talented to pass up. So I'm going with Isaiah Simmons here.
1: Yeah, I I think you can't really go wrong with that one. That's that's my if we were doing a topic, if we needed stuff to talk about and we're doing a topic, your dream draft pick for the Ravens. If this happened, (laughs) it would be Isaiah Simmons. The man's just a freak. Uh, Like you said, a Dallas Thomas is a great comp, can kind of do everything. Um, Some have him as a safety, some have him as a linebacker you know sideline to sideline incredible uh can rush the passer a little bit as well which you love to see um yeah simmons is one of the guys i am the most excited to see uh in in an nfl uniform and would love that to be carolina because that (laughs) means we'd probably not have to face him that much so that works for me
0: one thing i quickly go over some stats from isaiah simmons 102 tackles 16 tackles for loss eight sacks did not, You would say, you know, does a little bit of everything, but he did a lot of everything. Uh, and I think that's a great pick that you have in there, Jace, at 7. Tim, you're on the clock at 8 with Los Arizona,
1: Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, them. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. They want to pass the ball all over the field. Um, Kyler Murray, like you said, they, they, they thought about taking a receiver in this spot. I will put it there. Then they traded for DeAndre Hopkins. They don't need him They don't need a receiver here. The recei- and I should say behind the curtain, Antonio just got very excited that I was well, going to take a receiver. I got
0: excited and then I got nervous because I have wide receivers very much involved <laughs> with my with my mock pick. So happy to not see one uh, come off the board yet. But yeah,
1: <laughs> spoiler alert. They're not going to do it here um, because this this draft class for, for receivers is so deep. They could probably get a guy in round two and be happy with that to be the number two alongside DeAndre Hopkins. Um, their offensive line is not good, and they made a massive investment in selecting Kyler Murray first overall last year after picking another quarterback tenth overall the previous season. This is their guy. They need to protect their guy. There's a couple offensive tackles that are kind of with uh, with Beckton, who was already drafted number four, so he's gone. They're going to take Je- uh, Jedrick Willis, if I said that right, uh, good for me, if not apologies. The guy out of Alabama. Um, moves like a tight end in space And just seems like one of those He's an Alabama tackle He can kind of do everything well It's a solid pick there at eight You draft the guy and hopefully he protects Kyler Murray for eight to ten years
2: Yeah, Dan, uh, Daniel Jeremiah said of him He's an excellent pass protector Who is never on the ground So, seems like two notable things you want Out of your uh, lineman. And yeah, you nailed it, I think, Tim Like, you draft Murray at one Uh Last year after you had drafted a QB In the first round the year before You're clearly all in on Kyler Murray uh, And you just gotta help him And you, to that end they trade for DeAndre Hopkins Larry Fitz back for what year 17 Or something <laughs>
1: um, So Excuse me excuse me for forgetting The Hall of Famer by the way well, Apologies there. You
2: can be forgiven since he's contemplated Retirement I think for six straight years But <laughs> um, he's back So yeah I think it would be A good pick just boost that offensive line In any way that's really, yeah, their number one thing they need to help Murray. He took a lot of sacks last year.
0: so. To recap, the first half of the first half of our mock draft picks, one through eight, Joe Burrow, the quarterback out of LSU that some of us have heard of. He's going <laughs> to Cincinnati. Chase Young, second to the Washington Redskins. Jeff Okuda, third to the Detroit Lions. Makai Becton to the New York Giants. Justin Herbert. Fifth to the Miami Dolphins. Twitter just goes crazy. Tua Tagovailoa at six to the Los Angeles Chargers. Isaiah Simmons at seven to the Carolina Panthers. And then Jedrick Wills uh, at eight to the Arizona Cardinals. And that puts me at nine on the clock with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who they need defense. Uh... They've essentially dumped the entire starting defensive lineup that played against the Patriots in the 2018 AFC title game. They were in the AFC title game two years ago. That entire team has sort of <laughs> overgone a that There's a few defensive guys left, but they absolutely need to rebuild uh, that defensive unit. Gone are Dante Fowler, Telvin Smith, A.J. Boye, Jalen Ramsey, and Calais Campbell, all <laughs> stars on that team from 2018. Yeah. And frankly, there's two ways to rebuild. You either draft a top quarterback or you build a strong, young unit, in this case, on the defensive side. Um, The quarterbacks are gone at this point. Those three quarterbacks are gone, so I don't think they go in that direction. So they go defensively, and they look to the defensive line, and they take Derek Brown out of Auburn. And that's my pick for the Jaguars there.
1: Before before you go, Jace, because I know you're gonna give me, uh, give us and the listeners a more detailed breakdown of Derek Brown. Every time I watched Auburn play, which was a couple times this year, this boy is so mean in the middle. I mean, He's it's so double teams, <laughs> double teams, triple teams. It didn't matter for Derek Brown, 6'5, 326 pounds, just a force, and a guy that, you know, I talk about all the time. I love watching these guys in the trenches. He stood out over and over and over again uh, when you when you just watch Auburn games
2: yeah you said it exactly eight and a half sacks 24 22 tackles for loss his last two college seasons in the middle eating up space very athletic he was a monster his uh his final season there Um I love the pick. And like you said, uh, we mentioned earlier, uh, in addition to those who have already gone, Yannick Ngakwe has demanded a trade multiple times. So uh, that's another defensive guy gone. So, you know, they draft Josh Allen last year. He has a good rookie year uh, to put Derek Brown next to him. I think that would be the the makings of a really good defensive line. And I think something the Jags um, to, you know, it's wild. They're rebuilding so soon after being two minutes away from reaching the Super Bowl two years ago. But, um, yeah, uh, the fact that they're rebuilding is kind of crazy, but if you're going to rebuild, you can do a lot worse than starting with Derek Brown. I think they'd love if he falls to nine there. Cause there's been some projections he could go, you know, maybe even in the top five, potentially and possibly even to the giants, um, at four, I've seen some mocks. So yeah, I
0: think it's a great pick. That, we're going to turn right back to you then, Jace, at 10, and I'm, I'm sort of mad that I wasn't able to pick for this team. They definitely would have had some weather and some Wi-Fi issues if I could have drafted <laughs> for them, but at 10, for the Cleveland Browns, Jace, you're on the clock. So with the Cleveland Browns,
2: um, I am selecting uh, one of their top areas of need, uh, Tristan Wirfs, tackle out of the University of Iowa. Um, The Browns, offensive line had some issues last year. They traded away a player, a guard in the Odell-Beckham trade. Greg Robinson uh, did not work out, and then he got himself arrested, so he will not be back on the team. Uh, They just need tackles. They haven't adequately even come close to replacing Joe Thomas. And I don't think Wirfs is that quality, but uh, certainly, you know, Joe Thomas, one of the great offensive linemen of all time, but... Wurfs is an awesome athlete. Uh, He set at the combine in February. He rewrote basically every record for offensive lineman when it came to like high, like law or high jump, I believe, um, or whatever. The vertical jump Uh, 40 was really good. Uh, He he set a number of marks broad jump. I believe he set the combine record for. So he's a really good athlete and it's an area need for the Browns. They need to protect Baker. He was running around a lot last year took a lot of sacks was inconsistent they you similar to the kyler murray thing with jedrick wills you know you take baker one overall you have to build around him and i think Worfs helps them do that
0: jace with the browns signing jack conklin from the titans as a right tackle this year is the goal for Werfs to play left tackle? Do they swap the two? Is is Conklin pretty much definitely just a right tackle at this point? I think so. I think Conklin has shown
2: what he is at this point. Uh, you know, um, he, he's very good. He's a good right tackle, and uh, but I think you want you need someone to play left. You know, Baker, right-handed quarterback, prone to getting scrambly, so you have to try to keep him clean. I think you just have to. It seemed like the most glaring need because it seems like the pieces are there, at least in the skill positions for them and their defense. Not all that bad and not great, but, you know, there's there's talent on that side, too, in places, particularly in the secondary. Um, but I think Werfs just builds them up uh, and you try to play them left, kick them inside if you need to. You know, they had issues there, too. So <laughs> I think you could never have too many good linemen. So I think Wirfs being the best on the board at this point is the pick.
0: This is when I'm going to predict, because I'm picking at 12, we're at 11 right now, some playmakers start coming off the board here. Tim, drafting at 11 with the New York Football Jets as GM. Who are you taking?
1: I think I could actually do that job based on how the Jets have been <laughs> run uh, recently. But no, all kidding aside, um, the Jets, off top my hand with Robbie Anderson gone, I don't know who plays wide receiver for them. I have no idea. Uh, They also need offensive linemen. Uh, You need guys to protect Sam Darnold and open up holes for Le'Veon Bell. But not one of these top three consensus receivers have gone. And spoiler alert, I think all three of them might go back to back to back here. I think the top two are C.D. Lamb out of Oklahoma and Jerry Judy out of Alabama. And it's kind of a toss up based on Henry Ruggs in there as well out of Alabama, the speedster. Those are your three. Who do I go with? Who do I think is going to help Darnold the most? I'm going to go with the Bolitnikov winner, CeeDee Lamb, out of Oklahoma. He goes number 11 to the New York Jets. If the Jets fans could be at this virtual draft, they would cheer the pick, not boo the pick. Uh, First team All-American last year. Blitnikoff winner, as I said. First team All-Big 12. Led the Sooners with 62 receptions, 1,327 yards. Quick math on that. As the primary receiver... For Oklahoma, he averaged 21.4 yards per reception, (laughs) which is ridiculous. 14 touchdowns in 13 starts as a wide receiver for Oklahoma. I mean, look, again, dream picks. We just line up Hollywood and CD right next to each other like they did in college. I mean, it would be unreal if DaCosta maybe wants to risk it and trade up uh, with the Jets and their spotty Internet. But who knows? (laughs) Uh, But yeah, for me. I think, I think Judy and C.D. Lamb are, are one and one a. Um, I think Ruggs is a little bit below them based on my limited knowledge of all this. Uh, but for me, I'm taking Lamb uh, for the New York Jets.
0: I I love the pick. Uh, it's sort of funny. I've now realized for two of my my teams' selections, they're sort of based on what happens the pick before. And I think they're in this case. I think they're okay with it. I'm drafting twelfth for the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> I forgot uh, they moved. <laughs> yeah, that's also a new a new city there. Their needs, I have a, as wide receiver, cornerback, uh, and defensive lineman, they added sort of the, I feel like the Raiders were made fun of for a few months there when they traded the Khalil Mack. You know, they gave John Gruden the 10-year uh, contract. They're slowly making the right moves. Uh, added linebackers Corey Littleton and Nick Kwiatkowski, sure. Oh, uh, he uh, came from the came from the Bears. They added Nelson Aguilar on a cheap one year deal from the Eagles to to fill several holes they have at wide receiver. Shrewd moves from from the GM Mike Mayock and John Gruden. But even with that, even with Aguilar, the wide receiver unit is Tyrell Williams, Hunter Renfro, and Nelson Aguilar on a one year tryout. Still need a wide receiver. Still need a playmaker. And at this point, they're thrilled with whatever comes out of those two guys, if they're still available. Uh, and they take, they see CeeDee Lamb go 11th, and they take uh, Jerry Judy out of Alabama. And it's, first of all, yet another Oakland wide receiver pick in the, in the top 10, in the top <laughs> 12, 15, I should say. So there's no way this goes poorly. Um, but Jerry Judy, Alabama, 1,100-plus receiving yards, 10 touchdowns. 77 receptions as a college-wide receiver playing at Alabama. It's its crazy, and
1: he will just start from day one. And not only those 10 touchdowns that you mentioned, 24 touchdowns over his last 28 games. That'll do. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That is insane. these uh, I mean, Alabama, obviously a machine. We don't need to tell everybody that. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jace. I'll let you take the floor here. But Judy kind of doesn't always have... Like the top, top speed is as his teammate Henry Ruggs did, uh you know, the, the the track athlete basically on a football field. But an insane route runner already NFL level route runner and will be, you know, Derek Carr will be fist pumping if that pick goes. Through. Yeah,
2: I think that's uh, I've I've seen reference multiple times uh, Podcast I was listening to a, a month or two ago, a while back at this point, it was when we were still allowed to leave the house. So, <laughs> whenever that was, but uh, I remember listening to Todd McShay saying how he, uh, Jerry Judy, was amongst the best route runners he's like ever graded coming out of the draft. So, he's really polished in terms of routes, which, you know, a lot of people claim and say is. The most important part of being an NFL QB cause everything or uh, wide receiver cause of the precision everything requires. Uh, so yeah, I think that's a fantastic pick. He was the 2018 Bulletnikov winner, uh, just the year before CD Lamb. Um, so he's really talented. He's really, uh, he has occasional drop issues, but not like. You know, he's not like Brashad Perriman or someone like that that we're familiar with. Uh, It's, I think, a relatively minor issue on his overall game. So I think it's a great pick. And I think the Raiders would be absolutely thrilled to get him there.
0: Jace, before I turn back to you with the 13th pick, I'm going to read quickly back through eight or I should say nine through 12. Derek Brown, dominant defensive lineman from Auburn, goes nine to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tristan Wirfs the tackle out of Iowa goes 10th to the Cleveland Browns. CD Lamb, Oklahoma Blitnikoff winner goes to the New York Jets at 11 and then Jerry Judy goes 12th from Alabama to the Las Vegas Raiders. Jace, I didn't really realize this until today. San Francisco 49ers two number uh, first round draft picks, So, you know, it's yes. it's tough to be them. The first one they have is pretty early. It's at 13 overall. Uh, Who are they taking?
2: Yes. So this they got this pick in their they trading uh, DeForest Buckner to the Indianapolis Colts is how they ended up with this selection. Um, I am. uh, We mentioned a run on wide receivers, and I think I'm going to do that. I'm taking Henry Ruggs, the third with this pick. Um, His whole thing is special. Speed. He's was amongst the fastest players in the country. He ran a four seven 40 at the combine. Um, he's really, really fast. And if there's one thing we know, Kyle Shanahan likes it's speed on offense. Uh, the 49ers ran that to the Super Bowl this year um, and nearly won the thing if it wasn't for one guy named Patrick Mahomes. So uh, I think, um, you know, they lose Emmanuel Sanders uh, to free agency. They brought him over in a mid season trade, but you put a guy with rugs of speed out wide. Um, you can even throw him in the slot. Though like we know Kyle Shanahan will get creative with him. It's just his speed alone. Uh and Debo Samuels already there. I think that could be a really dangerous uh one-two combo that will be really hard to defend uh between the two of them, and obviously they have George Kittle as well, giving Garoppolo more uh options and just more team speed. And um, he was really productive at Alabama. He, uh, he finished his career with only two less touchdown receptions than Jerry Judy. So, um, you know, very productive career, uh, really fast, maybe a little less polished perhaps than Judy. But I think at this place, uh, the 49ers will just be thrilled to have someone with his kind of dy- dynamic uh, speed.
1: Yeah, quickly, you mentioned that they lost the Super Bowl because of one guy, Patrick Mahomes. Well, the... Definitive play of that Super Bowl, the other end of that was Tyreek Hill, who is speed, speed, more speed. <laughs> they get their version of Tyreek Hill in Henry Ruggs Third, and I mean, they're running the ball down somebody's throat. They're running the ball down somebody's throat. It's second and one. They do one of those classic rollouts with Jimmy Garoppolo, and guess who's coming on the deep post across the middle, splitting the safeties? It's the guy who runs a 4-2-40 <laughs> in Henry Ruggs III. That makes that offense absolutely terrifying when like you said on the other side you have uh, antonio's favorite wide receiver not named hollywood brown and debo samuel um and 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 rugs can help in the return game as well you know special teams a very important aspect it's not the reason he's going 13 but it doesn't hurt either
0: and debo samuel is the only reason i would sort of pause if they that they would make this pick i don't that's not going to hold them back because he's a different uh Different type of player, certainly uh, Ruggs is, but would that be? He was a rookie last year, right? Was he yeah. a first round pick as a wide receiver uh, last I think year? So that high second, He was second. High second. Round second. Pick so yeah, then, okay. so I take it back. So it wouldn't be drafting two wide, wide receivers in the first round in back to back years, but uh, they would certainly be stacked. They're already stacked. I want the Ravens to to have a thirteen yeah. uh, uh, pick g- overall to get one of these guys. Just
2: uh, Debo, thirty sixth overall last year. So,
0: so they're certainly building playmakers around Jimmy Garoppolo for years to come all right uh Tim drafting 14th for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are you adding who's the next
1: addition to Tampa Bay a post Tom Brady yeah so obviously if you haven't heard the news uh TB to TB Tom Tom, Brady Tampa Bay Tompa oh god don't even What's Wait, can I even Tim? say that, or am no, I breaking you tried a trademark by saying
0: so
2: that out TB12 Corporation, a little <laughs> five dollars.
1: I misspoke. I didn't mean to say anything. They have weapons all over the field already. Uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, most notably. We've talked about that at length, and uh, why Tom Brady made this move to Tampa Bay. Which, by the way, they revealed their new jerseys, which are basically their old jerseys. And I'm all for that because the alarm clock is gone. But we don't have to necessarily talk about that too much here. Um, So the next step is protecting Tom Brady. I'm looking at the Buccaneers roster right now. Uh, They only have three tackles registered, and I only know one of them, and that being Donovan Smith. They need to protect one of the most immobile quarterbacks in the league at this moment, obviously because of his age and playing in the league so long. Brady does a lot of things well. Uh, Moving around is not one of them. So you look at the board. We've already taken three uh, offensive tackles. So let's just go to number four, Andrew Thomas out of Georgia, 6'5", 315 pounds. uh, Slipped a little bit at the beginning of the year. You probably would have considered him top one, two offensive tackle. He goes four. He's probably the last one that goes in the first round, unless somebody reaches up and desperately needs something. Um, And look, this whole plan for Tampa Bay is they're all in for a year or two. Uh, The defense has some interesting pieces on it. I wouldn't say it's quite elite yet but your priority is protecting the man that you the biggest free agent signing in recent history and Tom Brady going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you start by getting his left tackle and Andrew Thomas
2: yeah I think that uh, I had uh, d- to go behind the curtain I had done my own mock and I ended on this exact same pick Tim I think it seems obvious if he's there that he's the guy like you said at one point he was kind of considered the top tackle it's you know, I think people you start measuring people and seeing uh combine stuff and guys like Werfs and uh Beck didn't probably jump ahead of him a little bit, but he was really solid. He was a multi year starter at left tackle for Georgia, you know, pretty good school. Uh <laughs> um had a lot of success there and he he's solid and uh I, I think it's a great pick. You just like you said, Brady Not
0: exactly running around back there. So i got to keep them clean. (laughs) Uh, I'm drafting for the Denver Broncos in the 15 slot. Uh, The needs for them, I saw wide receiver, cornerback, and linebacker. Uh, And my sort of theory with them is that Denver's plan needs to be to pair up their talent. Either get a wide receiver, uh, you know, wide receiver two to pair with Cortland Sutton. Um, get a cornerback, too, to, to pair with A.J. Boye, who they got from, uh, from the Jaguars, and after letting uh, Chris Harris go, who had been their starter uh, for nine seasons. Uh, or get a linebacker uh, to pair with either Bradley Chubb toward the inside or to pair with Von Miller on the outside. And with that, we're taking the basically the best available. Uh, we're going with Kalevon Chason. From LSU at 15 for the Denver Broncos, 60 tackles, 13 and a half tackles for loss, six and a half sacks from Chaseon as an edge rusher for LSU. And that defense will once again be scary good. I love the
2: pick. He uh, was really strong um, for LSU. He led their team in um, sacks for the national champions. Um six and a half sacks, thirteen point five tackles for loss. Always like P- I know I probably put too much value in this, but if you're the best player on defense on the best team in the country, <laughs> seems valuable to me. Um and he was definitely uh at least when it comes to the defensive line and rushing the passer, he was their standout uh for LSU. So I think it's a very good pick. Um for sure.
0: And for the last pick of uh, that we'll be doing on this episode anyway we're halfway through just about the first round jace the last uh guy on the clock for right now at least uh the Atlanta Falcons you're drafting as their gm who is uh who is Atlanta taking well The Falcons,
2: Antonio, need defense. Uh, Their needs are considered literally every level of the defense. (laughs) Um, You know, we know what they have on offense. They have Matt Ryan still. They have Julio Jones. They just brought in Todd Gurley to replace uh, Devontae Freeman, who they let go. Um, Still got some good things going on offense. Hayden Hurst is there now as their tight end, former Raven. Uh, And they've done nothing but draft offensive linemen recently. They took two offensive linemen in the first round of last year's draft. They have Jake Matthews at left tackle. They are set on linemen for now. So we're avoiding offense entirely. We're going to the defense. They need literally everything. So we're going best player available pretty much. And we are taking CJ Henderson defensive back out of Florida. Um, He is pretty much considered this side of Jeff Okuda, um, the best cornerback in this draft. Um, So... When you're a team like the Falcons and you just need defense, (laughs) uh, they let uh, Desmond Trufant is finally gone from the Falcons, so they kind of need someone to replace him. Uh, So we're going with C.J. Henderson. Uh, Nothing, um, you know, crazy about this pick. He's just a really solid, really solid player. Um, But uh, a good player. And uh, I think, you know, he's 6'1", 204. You just need to get better, so
1: <laughs> we're going I, I think that's that's the best philosophy too <laughs> like when when every when you need everything on the defense i think I think they're probably pretty disappointed to see Kaysan go fifteen right above them because pass rush arguably in my opinion is is pr- maybe the second most important position in football, you know the quarterback and then the guy who tackles the quarterback one and two and at least in my opinion anyway um so then they kind of have to revert and change their plans a little bit but cj henderson there i mean in a lot of mock drafts you read and stuff um from from all these experts he's not there at 16 so maybe they're pretty elated that he actually fell that far to recap the last four picks uh at
0: 13 henry ruggs the third wide receiver out of alabama goes to the san francisco 49ers andrew thomas the offensive lineman out of Georgia. Yep, uh, goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. At 14, Calavon Chason, linebacker of LSU, goes to the Denver Broncos. And C.J. Henderson, the cornerback out of Florida, goes to the Atlanta Falcons in our mock draft first half. Any uh, comments, guys, looking at these top 16 picks? Anybody who uh, is higher than we expected, lower than we expected? Anybody upset uh, that they didn't get who they wanted?
2: No, I think it's played out uh, pretty well so far. I think we, I think uh, teams would be satisfied with the job we have done if we were their GMs, So to this point, uh, yeah, I don't see anyone. You know, I think we're making sensible picks, which is what NFL GMs do not do. So when these don't line up, do not blame us. It is the GM's fault. <laughs> Would Dave Gettleman Uh, takes like another QB or something at four?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, somebody trading up for Tua or Herbert or something is going to, you know, blow this thing to hell. But um, I think Becton going four is interesting. I think you're right. It's the most Gettleman pick of all time. (laughs) But a lot of places have been putting Isaiah Simmons there. And if you think about it, Simmons then falling to seven, where a lot of people have seen Derek Brown go, when he goes to nine, and the guy who really... Um, suffers from that Derek Brown falling all the way to nine because Simmons did not go to four instead of dropping to seven is CJ Henderson the guy we just talked about who has been looked at uh, by or mocked to Jacksonville I should say in a lot of different mock drafts so I, I think that that's probably your most interesting one I'll also note spoiler alert A lot of guys just went off the board who I wanted to take with the next pick at 17 to start next week's episode. So uh, I'm going to have to do some research over the next seven days to really figure out who the Dallas Cowboys are selecting uh, with this next pick, because uh, I'm sweating a little bit as Jerry Jones.
0: One uh, other note that we asked and we will ask again uh, next week, but for the listeners to send in their bold predictions for the first round of the NFL draft. Uh, received a response on Twitter from Eddie Bradley, uh, shouts out, Eddie Bradley, uh, he (laughs) divided it into two statements, with the prediction being that the Ravens draft another wide receiver in round one, and the bold aspect of that prediction, prediction, he's actually good. Uh, Eddie, I, I would like, if both of those things happened, uh, don't you dare talk about Hollywood Brown uh, negatively like that because he is he was good and he will be better and better every year. Um, I will apologize for that guy for whatever he does for the rest of his career. Um, I do wonder, in that case, what receiver the Ravens would take with these first three big names off the board. Uh, maybe we'll end up seeing who they take in the second half of this draft. I think Jace is drafting for the Ravens, so we'll see what ends up happening there. Uh, at 28 for the Ravens. so thanks for sending that in Eddie and, and other listeners please you know this week feel free to send in what you think will be your bold draft predictions either on Twitter uh, at pod like a Raven or email us at pod like a Raven at gmail.com or just send it to to Tim or I and uh, we'll bring it up on next week's episode uh, alright so that's going to do it for the mock draft we'll, we'll talk about picks 17 through 32 next week uh, the only thing left to do at this point, really, is to answer the random Ravens. Let me pull that up one more time.
1: And I'm just going to say while he does that, Jace, this is on you. <laughs> I, have, I have absolutely no idea who this person is. This random Raven played in the NFL for 16 seasons,
0: but only one for the Ravens his last in 2001, the year after the Ravens won the Super Bowl. He played in six games for the Ravens in 2001 and started only two, but was a pivotal starter. Accounting for four touchdowns, and they won both games while in the hunt to defend their Super Bowl and go back to the postseason. Over his NFL career, he's a four-time Pro Bowler and a one-time All-Pro. He's most well-known for his years with the Philadelphia Eagles and then the Minnesota Vikings. I think that really is the clue that would uh, That's the one that did it for me. offer who this guy is. The Ravens would end up finishing 10-6, and six, make it to the playoffs, but lose in the second round to the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: I guess, uh, t- <laughs> Tim? Uh, can I, can, so if you don't mind, you said Vikings and Eagles were his other two teams. Where do the Ravens fall in that timeline? The last season. They were the last year that he
0: played for. Yeah, I included oh, that the, at the top. Oh, okay. Um, so he played 11 years, his first 11 years for Philadelphia. Three years with Minnesota. Well, excuse me. Then one year with Dallas in the year 2000, and then one year with the Ravens in 2001, and that was the last season that he suited up in the NFL. I got. Go ahead, Jace. I got nothing.
2: So I believe this to be Randall Cunningham.
0: That is correct. <laughs> Quarterback Randall Cunningham. Two starts for the Baltimore Ravens. Undefeated as a starter for the team. Not really the greatest numbers in the world, See, but uh.
1: Yeah, people just bothering Tim. They had Elvis Gerbach <laughs> starting most of those games. The man who my dad would always call Pinocchio because when he ran, it didn't look like he was bending his knees. And we had Randall Cunningham sitting there. So I, I completely forgot about that. But, I would have been absolutely livid. If I would have like had more football knowledge at that young age to know that Randall Cunningham is sitting there on your bench while Elvis freaking Gerback is tossing interceptions left and yeah, right. Yeah, th- so that's why I
2: didn't get it until the Vikings and Eagles clue because I knew it was a quarterback the way I think Antonio was saying it, but I was like in my brain I remember the Ravens having Randall Cunningham, but I I don't remember him playing and so, similar to you him, or at least I don't have vivid memories of him playing, or I thought it was like later. But yeah, similar to you, like if we had Randall Cunningham on the bench while Elvis Gerbach was doing what he was up to that season, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> Especially like that playoff, I believe he threw three interceptions in that playoff loss to the Steelers, where Cordell Stewart, not impressive <laughs> in that game. <laughs> uh, but uh yeah, uh, that's dumbfounding to me. I guess they just thought Randall didn't have it
0: anymore. Or? Well, that's the thing is that, yes, Elvis Gerback threw 18 interceptions that year <laughs> to only 15 touchdowns. But Randall Cunningham was 38 years old, uh, you know, had been, had been in the league a very long time. So I don't know if he was quite the guy to. Start, you know, the majority of a season But played in six games that year So he definitely made some appearances I assume Gerbach got hurt in some games And came in and out uh, Yeah, Randall Cunningham 2-0, <laughs> and oh, huh. three passing touchdowns One rushing touchdown and two interceptions uh, And who knows if they would have uh, pulled the trigger Similar to a, a Trent Dilfer situation The year before If they'd pulled the trigger And decided that Randall Cunningham Was the guy to lead them in the postseason What would have happened that year? Uh, so that's the Random Raven. I kind of apologize for this one, uh, but I couldn't help myself. Wanted to dig deep uh, oh, on the mock, mock Draft episode.
2: Yeah, like so I said, anything I, else? I I remember him being there, but I don't remember him being that prominently involved in Ravens <laughs>
1: games. I have, I have zero <laughs> recollection of Randall Cunningham in a Ravens jersey. But it, it feels like that jersey that I kind of want to purchase, though, if I can find it. Like, that would be a very yeah. cool retro was, jersey to have.
2: Was he seven for the Ravens or was he rocking 12? Uh, do you know that uh, off I the. I have point?
0: it in front of me. You know, I don't think it was. I think it may have been just a one. I feel entire, like I saw that.
2: Wow. <laughs> Different number Let entirely. Me pull it
0: out. <laughs> he wore number one uh, for the Ravens. Wow. And I believe that was the only. Yeah, that was wow. the only season he wore number one in his entire career. Fascinating. He was 12. For Philadelphia, and then seven for Minnesota and Dallas, and then just, so just number one. to one. On See, Ravens. that's
2: why I assumed he was in one or the other because I was like, I think he wore both. but
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, So Randall Cunningham. Huh. God bless you, four-time, four-time Pro Bowler. That is your random raven. So that's gonna do it for us here. Again, we'll be back next week to uh, just we'll get right down into the second half uh, of the first round with a mock draft. Bring you another Random Raven. Maybe have something bother Tim again next week, or, or Jace will be back with, with What's Bothering Jace. For Tim Horsey and Jace Evans, I am Antonio Barbera. Thank you very much for listening to us give our expert picks and our GM chairs here. We'll be back next week on Pod Like a Raven.